Welcome, everybody. It's another edition of the Sports Hole. I'm your host, Luke. As always, joining me, XFL Jim, Maddie Goldberg. What's up, gentlemen? What's up, everybody? You like that new theme music, huh? I love it. God, I love it. It fits so well. It's so, like, (laughs) 80s. Someday we'll do, like, uh, you know, where it's like XFL Jim, and then you pose, you get the thumbs up. Right. Yeah. Oh, the, the hospitals are limitless. Hopefully I'll get some lyrics or something to it. And I'll be singing I, I want to eat That'd buffalo wings, like my face bearing buffalo wings. And uh, I look up and smile. That's it. That's the opening of the show. Yeah. Jim, pick your pose. If you're coming out of that uh, murder shed, like in your other videos. Are doing probably, like, I'll probably do something similar to like what to CFL Jim come out of a little murder shed or something. Or have like 20 drinks in one hand. Right. (laughs) Bleeding and Walmart. Well, you think Stone Cold stuff tough guy? Watch this. Yeah. Great song. 20 drinks. You think Stone Cold's good at wasting booze? Watch this. This this song brings me back to Friday nights in high school when uh yeah, I watch Full House, Family Matters, and a couple other of those back to back. Yeah. It's uh, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's funny. I was trying to find some more. All the news ones were just too serious. Yeah. So I found one that ended up sounding much more like a sitcom. Oh, and I great. love it. It's yeah. still got that inspirational bridge in the middle where you're like, everything's possible tonight. Mm-hmm. And Maybe I like that people people think it's over and then it goes one more time. Right. So beautiful. Yep, perfect. Yeah, I, I might chop it down. Yeah, I will definitely have to chop it down at some point. But I'd uh, make it five more minutes. Yeah, or I could just loop it uh, yeah. at a, at a new metal breakdown guitar yeah. riff part to it. I think, I, like think that's, a, I think that's necessary. Like a Limp Bizkit kind of hip-hop thing going in the middle. Double bass. Yeah, I did it all for the cookie. The nookie. It can sound like Canine Cream Pie, that great song we reviewed a few episodes ago. Hell yeah. Canine. So, guys, what's going on? Anything happening in your world? It's exciting. <laughs> well, uh, I'll let Jim go first. I'm on the fucking road, if you guys can't tell. I'm in a different yeah, hotel. Do you have a roommate? It looks like you got a roommate. No, but like every hotel room nowadays has either a king or a double queen. And since I'm not the one booking it, we get the cheapest one. So it's double yeah. queen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but, but I'm on my own. I get, I get the big ass room to myself. Mm. it's on like the edge of town it's actually pretty cool if i was staying in a nicer newer room i think they have like cabin themed stuff because it's sort of a cabin themed hotel it's called the lodge uh-huh. nice. it's pretty cool it's you not can butter up to them guys and go hey how about stick i'm a what? big fan of those cabin rooms if there's any way to put me in there without I, I charging just wanna, an extra 50 bucks. i want to say first of all if you if you're listening please subscribe and review because i always say that at the end so i'll say it up front but I have a question for Jim. What is the what is the what is the what is the feeling in Nebraska? We're we're five days away, four days away from the the, the beloved Cornhuskers. You can you see my hand right now? Oh shit! You see that? I'm fucking. <laughs> oh shit! You cannot so, operate tonight. I am so fucking excited. Um, Nebraska Cornhuskers play this week. It's literally Electric City everywhere. And all eyes are on them. You know, I, I used to sex with a girl in Nebraska, and she was uh, she always used to bitch about how that's all everybody cares about. 
And this was the end of uh, who's it? Uh, Blake? No, Bo Pelini. When he called the guy a yeah. cunt and all that stuff, and she's like, all these people. She used to say, like, all these people ever talked about is Nebraska, Nebraska. This fire this guy, blah blah blah. She thought people were insane there. Well, I bet she had a fucking birthday on a Saturday or some shit, this fucking bitch. Well, she married a guy. She, I see her picture. She married a guy full on Nebraska. Like every picture he's in, he's got the polar tech. He's got the orange Nebraska going. So she's probably, uh, she's probably bought into it. So uh, what, what do you, uh, are there people that don't buy into Nebraska football there? I mean, usually you see them like I bet there's some people in Omaha that don't. Um, there's oh, just that's like the big city. They're too cool. Yeah, oh, I, might be, I might be. I might be. I might be speaking like an asshole, but Omaha does seem to try and distance itself from the rest of the state sometimes. So maybe, I mean, obviously there's still a shitload of people there that love Nebraska and are still yeah. like Nebraska's number one, Nebraska, Nebraska. But you'll see some, and then there's people that are just like. It's the big popular thing, so they don't like it because it's the big popular thing. Right. Yeah. You, you get contrarians. Yeah, yeah, you get a lot, you get the contrarians, but that's just super annoying. Yeah. Dude, embrace uh, it. And then there's just people who like didn't go to Nebraska who like moved here from a different state and they like yeah. obviously they're not gonna be Nebraska. And they don't get they don't get the fanaticism, but it's yeah. it is a religion. Fuck oh, yeah. yeah that. Yeah, it's it's really cool because you guys just have Nebraska. Like, you don't have a pro team. You don't. There's no like Nebraska State. Well, they just Nebraska college baseball uh, World Series. It seems to be getting more popular every year. That's Omaha, so I guess that's not. I mean, we do like we. I mean, when it comes to like football, there's nothing else. And when it comes to like general sports, some people will also root for Creighton, but those people are scumbags and should be burned at the stake. Yeah. But Nebraska is, is like the only thing. The so university is rooting is, for Creighton wrong. As it's not if you went to Creighton, but if you like root for Nebraska for football, then also root for them in basketball. I oh, I, so see. I take it you're not a Dougie McBuckets fan. I okay, so it's hard. It's hard not to like just individual players sometimes. Yeah, but yeah, fuck Creighton. You're shitting on Kyle <laughs> Korver. Yeah, I am. Just a big dump down his beautiful face. Right on his chest. Yeah. Right on his chest. All right, guys. We got football going on. It's going oh, on. Yes, it's do. going on. It's happening. Yeah, it's crazy. Preseason. Like... This week seemed a little more interesting. Did you guys feel it was a little more interesting this week? I definitely yeah, felt it. Yeah, I did. It, 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 the plot thickened on a lot of things. Like a lot. It's almost like a soap opera where certain teams turn super – certain players turn – for better or worse, so very interesting. What, what, what are your what, what are some of your takeaways, Maddie? Well, well, I think some of the the rookie quarterbacks had some trouble. We saw some growing pains. I think we're realizing that uh, is Trey Lance is that his name? Like he's for, not ready for San Francisco. Uh, yeah, I think yeah. maybe right now. I mean, I'm no fan of Andy Dalton, but I think right now, and as much as the Bears fans are screaming for Justin Fields probably Dalton gives them the best chance to win, which isn't saying much. So do you really want to throw Justin Fields out there in the first week? And I feel like uh, I'm trying to figure out in Jacksonville, because I watched that game last night, is uh, Lawrence not all there? Or is that team just so bad? And it's like, why even start him and get him destroyed 
like, why not wait a few weeks before you throw him out there? Because it, it looks like a bloodbath in Jacksonville. Like, so, yeah, for both of those places, like Jacksonville and Chicago, I'd probably err on the side that those offensive lines are just so bad, it doesn't matter who you put back there. So yeah. maybe try not to put your rookie back there so they don't die. Exactly. Give them like week four, week five to kind of slowly bring them in as the team gets better, you know, as groups come together. And I got another news, you know, we'll talk about hard knocks later in this episode, but the Dallas Cowboys are going to suck. I don't know know who these people that are calling them like, Hey man, they get their off or they get their defense together. They got so many weapons. They're Super Bowl contenders. Dak Prescott can't throw a football right now. He's obviously hurt. You expect him in two weeks, he can't throw a ball that he's going to go against the Buccaneers, like who held Mahomes to nine points, that he's going to come out there and be guns a blazing. He's not, he can't start. He's hurt. And they'd be, they'd be stupid to throw him out there that early. I mean, he can't throw a football. What do you think, Jim? You think you think the Cowboys are going to suck nuts? I think they're going to be real bad. I think I think certain players like CeeDee Lamb and Ezekiel Elliott might be doable for fantasy. They might have good fantasy numbers. But, man, yeah, Dex, Dex not looking great. It's, it's probably going to be like week two or three before they even feel confident putting him in there based off of what we've been seeing. And I, I, I'm just never going to put any faith in the Cowboys whatsoever. That defense hasn't proven anything. They can still suck major ass. Well, Mika Parsons looks really good. I mean, he oh, he looks he, good. He, he's got the body of a cornerback playing linebacker, which is I've never seen that before. I mean, his speed is, is pretty amazing. But on the whole, you don't know if one guy can turn everything around. And most of the offense came from – being down 40 to 10 in the first few weeks of the season last year. So that was very misleading. You know, they were down a lot of games by a lot of points. And aside from the Atlanta Falcons comeback, they were bad. And like, what makes you think they're going to be better? I mean, I, I believe in CD lamb. I think for fantasy is great. I like Elliot lost a lot of weight. He looks good, but like, you know, the, the team depends on Dak. I think is a above average quarterback. I don't think he's great. I think he's above average. And how do you expect a guy in two weeks to play when right now he can't even like throw a football? Exactly. Dang fuck exactly. Like now back to Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Uh, I watched that game too. Are the Jaguars going to win one game this year? Oh, yeah. <laughs> this they'll is win. a bad they'll win, fucking they'll win team. Three or four, because they got the uh, Houston Texans are going to be really bad, and you still don't know if uh, Deshaun Watson is going to play. And I think those two teams potentially could be the worst two teams in the NFL, so I'd imagine they'd split. And I think the Jags might be something where they start one and nine, and then they, they get better as the seat. Like the last – I remember when the Patriots got Drew Bledsoe they were one in 15 and then they started the season like one in 10 or one in 11 and they won the last four games. So they kind of got it as it went along, but it's, it looks bad right now. It just looks like a mess. It looks, it looks really bad. And I just seeing urban Meyer on the sidelines looking exasperated. Every single play is just a joy. Yeah, it is fantastic. He's never had to go through this. I was talking to Maddie earlier in the day, and I'm like, 
Urban Meyer's got the college game down. He knows how, how to exploit any position in that game. He just understands the college game, but the pro game is very different. And he doesn't have his pick of the litter on these players. Uh, everybody's fast. Everybody's good in the NFL. Most people are. And the schemes are just nuts. And what's open for a receiver in, in college is not open for a or is what's open for a receiver in the NFL or vice versa. You know what I'm saying? The windows are much tighter. You got to have great quarterback play. And I think he's just going to check his bank account each halftime just to go. You know, that's, that's I, why I'm, I'm, I'm not counting him out. I don't think I don't have much hope for them this year, but like I always go back in history and I look at Jimmy Johnson and it was the same situation where he, it, it was even harder for Dallas because they, they essentially replaced the 30 year legend and uh, Tom Landry. And then Jimmy Johnson, this hot, flashy, young, college football coach and you know the U were very controversial and he came to the NFL and everybody wanted him to fail buddy Ryan's having bounties on him he goes one in 15 his first year and everybody loved it they loved that Jerry Jones and him failed and he got it and he he you know so I'm not counting Urban Meyer out yet but I will say you know when you're used to going 10 and 1 9 and 2 at worst it's going to be humbling to get your ass kicked and, and maybe be two and eight or one and nine looking down the barrel. You my, know, that's where. Yeah. My big worry for urban Meyer is fucking in college. It always seemed like every loss he was about to keel over out of. Yeah, stress. that is true too. Yeah. How are you going to take him from like, how are you going to put him on a team like Jacksonville where you're losing every other week and just have him not be stressed out of his mind and like, he doesn't handle loss as well. He just never. No, has. he doesn't. No, I mean I remember those breathing calls. His wife called the the hospital, and those were really scary. Like whether you like him or not, of course you want to see him be healthy, you know. And I, when I heard those, like this guy should never coach again. But what his plan is is, and and I think what his plan is is like, I went to a place where I believe in the quarterback. I got the number one pick. I'm on a four year plan. I'm building this for four years that we, we make a Super Bowl run. If not, I'm out. And I think four or five years in, he's going to be out no matter what. So this is his last hurrah. And uh, he wanted to try the NFL, much like Pete Carroll did. Some of these college coaches connect. Some of them don't. You know, for years, everybody said Pete Carroll couldn't coach in the NFL. And he's, he's now a consistent NFL head coach. I don't know what's going to happen with Urban Meyer. It could go the Bobby Petrino way, which is one of the worst stories of all time, or the Lou Holtz way where he quit on the jets in the middle of the year, or he could be Jimmy Johnson or, you know, somebody like that. But right now he's got a bad team. Jim, any more thoughts on urban? Meyer? I just hate urban Meyer so fucking much. I just want him to fail. forever. <laughs> I fucking hate urban. I, uh, what? I'm with you, you there, get, but like objectively speaking, my biggest concern is just he's just never had like a pro style offense. You know, he's in anything that looked like it was still like run run heavy quarterbacks and shit like that, which we are now seeing in the NFL, but it's still very different. He's never produced a great quarterback from 
you know, Ohio State. Uh, or Florida. Think, He's never had like a great pro quarterback come out no. of this system. And, and I, I thought I the, his year with Ryan Day was the best. You know, I Everybody think Ryan Day understands. Fail. Everybody wants him to fail. Yes. As they should. Everybody. 90% right, of the people want this. You know thing. who want you know who wants him to succeed? Matt Goldberg and Tim. I don't the only two fucking people that are <laughs> simping for I, Urban I'm Meyer. sure there's some people in Duval County. You know, that's what they call it down there, Duval. Florida By the Gators way, jersey for your birthday. You want to know a fun fact about Jacksonville? You know what the most famous band from Jacksonville is? Leonard Skinner. Yeah. Nice. Which is which is so <laughs> weird that they would write a song called Sweet Home Alabama. I would imagine if they're alive, they would write a, a theme song for the Jaguars. Yeah, right. That one, like the three people that didn't die in the plane crash. Neil Young is definitely not a fan of the Jaguars, let me tell you. No, <laughs> definitely, man. Definitely not. Uh, what about uh, Zach Wilson? Love him. Looking yeah. fucking good. Looking clean. Does he just, he looks comfortable, you know, more than anything. Listen, I take L's. How old is he? He's 21, 22. I heard his uncle owns JetBlue too, which is pretty wild. Now, now here's the thing. I'll, I, I will always take L's in my sports predictions. I go back to saying that Ryan Leaf was going to be better than Peyton Manning. I told everybody that. I go, mark my words, Ryan Leaf will have a better career than Peyton Manning. And we just sat and Ryan Leaf is on, uh, all types of painkillers, whatever, crying on eating cheeseburgers, crying about things, and Peyton Manning just put on a gold jacket. So there's my prediction. But I, you know, I grew up in New York. All my friends are Jets fans. And before the draft, they were like Fields, 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 blah, 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 Trey Lance. I go, dude, Zach Wilson is going to be the best quarterback in this draft. I will screenshot that shit. And I know it's only two preseason games, but God, he looks good. Call your shot, Maddie. Call it. I respect that. That's what I'm calling. Because right. so many people are like, why didn't they get fields? Blah, blah, blah. You know, and I'm like, no, nah, man, this guy's he's the real deal. Are you guys uh, seeing any performers that are standing out that were under the radar coming in? There's a running back on the Patriots, this guy Stevenson, that's pretty good. Who's looked really good that I think can uh, you know get some playing time. I mean, I've I've watched a lot of the Patriots and I'm really impressed with them. So I feel like they're gonna be pretty solid, which I didn't know. I, I, I think no matter who the quarterback is, they're 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 running such short passes that it doesn't really matter who plays quarterback for them because it's very, very uh easy passes. Um Hmm. I, you know, I was impressed last night with our boy Jameis Winston. I that mean, was probably my big takeaway is Jameis I'm, is looking nice. I mean, Jim, he threw two dimes. Let me ask you about those passes, though. I'm, I'm watching those passes, and I'm like – Perfect passes. Are those fantastic passes or fantastic catches, or are they both? A uh, combination. You seem, to think, you seem to think it's a combination. I mean, if, as it, long as it's, it's repeatable. I mean, he did it twice in one it, game. You know, it is, it's putting a ball in, like, a perfect spot where your receiver has to make a great catch, but you're putting it in the perfect spot, as they would say. Well, he didn't like, put it in a position to turn it over. So that's no, I mean, those, are, those are perfect, as that guy in ESPN calls them, primetime dimes. They're just perfect drop in the bucket where only the receiver can make a great catch to make the play. Mm-hmm. I mean, it looks good. 
And the yeah. announcers were talking about it like he's the, basically the starter. So I'm I'm excited for Jameis time. Yeah, it it looks like he, every week it's it's more and more looking like Jameis is the man as uh, Taysom is looking more and more limited, sort of each week. Uh, gambling wise, Jim, how are you doing? Unders keep cashing, my guys. Holy fucking shit! What was the what was the record this week? It was not as profitable this week. La- week one, only three went over. I think this week there was like two or. Th- there was like two on Saturday and um, the one on Sunday and one yesterday. The the Monday night one did go over fucking barely because holy shit, Jacksonville came out to tear up the fourth quarter. I was pissed. It's their time to shine, baby. And also like gambling wise, holy fuck. Uh, just keep, I'm, I'm going to keep, I've been doing this for like, four years now just bet the ravens money line no matter what uh, the broncos too i mean the broncos are you know they're gonna suck in the regular season but they're sure playing all their starters oh yeah the broncos they're, during this preseason fucking bet the broncos also probably usually bet the vikings but i don't know how that's been going i, I only bet them week one and got they're there, they're owing two yeah the ravens yeah. Though, still yeah. profit all right yeah, John Harbaugh just Cowboys. keeps going on a streak. Let's see. Uh, did you guys see Justin Fields get his head knocked off? I, I sure, sure did. fucking did. That was amazing. Yeah. I love that. It was I pretty mean, it's, sweet. It's crazy the levels that all of a sudden you see things that you've never seen before. And, uh, you know, you see all these weird blitzes. And, I mean, it's, you know, it's growing pains. But uh, That was his I, welcome I, to the NFL, bitch. It was. Yeah. It sure was. That penalty was totally worth it. Just like knocked his head the fuck off. Yeah. All right. We were talking about college sports, college football earlier. Today Mm -hmm. it was announced the Big Ten ACC Pac-12 Alliance, which sounds very reactionary to the SEC, but probably also very necessary. Not a lot of details came out of this. Jim, you got any early interpretations of what this is going to mean? My thoughts is this is probably just like an out of – like a out of conference sort of alliance where you're you're like committed to playing each other out of conference to boost each other's schedules, kind of maybe doing like, like how they do with basketball, you do the ACC big 10 tournament, stuff like that. Maybe they're going to do sort of like the, the PAC 12 ACC big 10 matchups out of conference and maybe stop playing FCS or G five opponents. I'm not sure. Maybe yeah. this could be like a super duper conference if they want to make like a different division. It's there's a lot of there's so many different ways you can fucking interpret this. You know, or it seems like it, it's it seems like an insurance policy for covering their ass. If the SEC gets way too strong, then they're like, well, we're all gonna unite and figure something out to combat like, this. Well, if worse comes worse, the SEC would not be beat the, the like the alliance if that was the case. You can't like. Florida State, Clemson, Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State. Nebraska is still a decent TV market. And then the entire West Coast. <laughs> you know what it reminds you of? It reminds you of the SEC is the NWO and the Alliance are the other conferences. Oh. Remember that time like Ric Flair and all those guys, they were like good guys and bad guys got together. They're like, I don't like you, but I don't like you. But the NWO, we got to stick together. And then they kind of all stuck together. 
to, to support college football against the SEC, which is turning into the NWO. Yeah, this is weird uh, analogy. Could this end up like how is the 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 soccer league structure in Europe? Is this is this could we be seeing something like that where just all the top teams form one conference together at some point? This is, so you are you talking about like a certain system where you would have regulation yeah, and deregulation and things like that? Relegation. Yeah, there's like just tiers. Like here's here's this this conference will ultimately be the the main tier and they'll all just all play each other. And then after the year we'll reassign people based on how they did. I just think they're super afraid of the SEC getting too much power. That's yeah. how you, you could propose relegation, but the bigger, like any power five team who's bad would just never go for it. Like Vanderbilt is going to get a shitload of money because the SEC is good. Just based on the fact that they're in the SEC through no merit of their own. Right. In the relegation system, Vanderbilt wouldn't even have a football team, I bet. Vanderbilt is winning the SEC. You heard it first. Wow. Hot takes. Yeah. Hot takes. Big hot hot takes. Yeah. Yeah. So that the alliance apparently only is for football and men's and women's basketball, too. So it it's, is. Yeah. It's, it's probably just like a commitment to play each other and like try and boost each other up through any. I get a weird feel. I, I'm getting weird feelings about these things, though. Like they'll, they might almost become their own leagues. They very well could. And if things go according to like what a lot of people are projecting that Texas and Oklahoma are basically gone after this year, things yeah. could be going really fast this offseason. Yeah. Yeah. Everything is going to get real, really I'm, I'm, fucked I mean, up. the weirdest thing about my life is for 35 years, pretty much everything stayed on par. You know, like conferences were always the same. Right. From when I was a child to like, you know, my 20s. And then I think with the Big East and college basketball, it just like changed everything because you had these teams like Syracuse and, you know, uh, or some of these other mainstays. Well, Georgetown. St. John's. Well, St. John's still in the Big East, but Syracuse, Miami, uh, Pitt was in the Big East. Uh, Boston College was in the Big East. You know, these were like strong Big East college basketball teams. Uh, and then when they all left, it kind of changed things because, because like, there's a great 30 for 30 on the Big East. And they asked, like, Jim Beheim because he's playing. I forget who he's, they're playing, uh, I think, Georgetown after yeah. they left. And they're like, isn't it sad you guys don't play anymore? And he's like, well, it's because of money. And the idea that Syracuse doesn't play Georgetown in college basketball was almost blasphemy and now it's like well there's life after this there's life after these rivalries i mean oh, even we, nebraska there there's is, life after but, texas nebraska i there's mean life yeah georgetown and st john's have not even been on the map though in the last 25 no years. i mean yeah. it, it, the the conference was taken apart i mean 1985 the the final four was st john's georgetown villanova and memphis yeah three big east teams they they ruled college basketball. And so when that was broken up, it was sad, but it was also like, hey, there's life after this. And like what I just mentioned, what Jim will understand is that, you know, Nebraska, Texas was huge. Nebraska, Colorado was huge. Yeah. And and they don't play anymore, but there's there's still enjoyment. I oh. think. Even if college football changes to something completely different, there will still be enjoyment in it. It's just 
it's hard to see it having that same like magical. There's there's always been sort of an innocence to college football, I guess. I should exactly. It's it's always been goofy and weird. And my theory is, as long as it keeps its goofy weirdness, like college football is weird. There's a lot of crazy bullshit that happens in college football that doesn't happen in any other sport. Sure. As long as they keep the weirdness, then I think overall we will be fine. But man, is it work? Well, I just yeah, it just sucks for like the smaller schools. And of course, there's plenty of commentators out there. Like I've heard so many other sports podcasts or shows would be like, "Well, fuck the small schools. I don't watch the Mountain West." Well, I'm just like, "Fuck you." Those schools are some of the most fun to watch in the goddamn country. They are great. The most interesting offenses ever. Boise State is always electric. Those like those smaller teams are the ones that get fucked by this. Yeah. The other thing that I worry about is like. You know, week four, you're like, okay, I'm going to wake up on a Saturday morning and watch the Red River rivalry. The day after Thanksgiving, the Saturday, I'm going to watch Michigan, Ohio State. I'm going to watch Auburn, Alabama. There's that weird feeling that in five years, those games might not happen. Right. And it's it sucks. I wouldn't doubt it at all. Like, they had to even, – even when the Big Ten started realigning and creating divisions within – they they had to really wedge that in there when I don't think Michigan and Ohio State were in the same division originally. When yeah, they first... I think, no, Leaders and Legends, it was not. They were not in the same division. Right, but they still had to pull strings so they could have the last game of the year together like they had before. Um, but I, I think those, I think the Power Five versus any other conference, those, those, games might all be going away there just won't be any room on the schedule it's for, it's a bummer because you, i've always you know like as a fan it's kind of like it goes by your life and your time and you just look forward to those things like it's a yeah. yearly event and it's mm-hmm. there there's life after that i do admit but it's a bummer because those are some of the my favorite sporting events are watching those games and then seeing the history of them. They show like past highlights of all the great, you know, I mean, how many great Texas, Oklahoma shootouts have there been? How many great Michigan, Ohio state games have there been to know in five years, those games might not happen kind of is a bummer. Yeah. We'll see. I I think it, it, it's going to be like U S versus Soviet union. And you just got to see who's going to crack first and then when someone cracks, we'll get a whole other set of realignments that maybe makes more sense. Um, maybe a different kind of league structure. The NCAA will probably collapse at some point. There's really no point for it anymore. Um, but one note that also came out in the last couple of days is that in the Big Ten, if a team is unable to compete due to COVID, uh, too many players out with COVID, that they will forfeit the game instead uh. of trying to uh, reschedule it. The SEC is doing a similar thing as well. Are they? This you know, is okay. This is getting scary because we had Mike Vrabel. Uh, we had a, a trainer on the Buffalo Bills um, that now is sending Cole Beasley uh, into isolation, and he's on his way to go by dog dewormer. Uh, Bucks kicker, a buck kicker on the Bucks test positive. These guys are uh, well, except. Cole Beasley has not been vaccinated, but he was not yeah. uh, he was not diagnosed with it, but he still has to sit out and follow these protocols because the guy, the Bills trainer who was vaccinated and had a case come through, 
is getting it. And so I, in, in what we're seeing is that breakthrough cases are, it's a real thing now. We've seen it in, yeah. uh, in Israel. It's, mm. it's it, who is, who is very well vaccinated before anybody. Yeah. Um, they're getting breakthrough cases and this, this is getting worrisome. I don't know. Are you worried? Well, Jim? I, I think what they're trying to do is trying to get the kids to get vax is one of the things it's like, Hey man, get vax. So we don't, you don't fuck it up for the rest of us. So it really, it really comes down to like how they're interpreting the rules in my opinion, because if like, say if you're vaccinated and you get a breakthrough case of COVID and you have to sit out, do they still do the whole contact tracing that they were doing last year where if everyone on the team is vaccinated and one person comes up with a case of COVID, is every person that that person was in immediate contact with, do they also have to sit out? Um, I don't. If they're vaccinated, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. So we, we found out that uh, Cam Newton isn't vaccinated either because he's yeah. in the protocol where you have to get tested every day. And I think he missed a test or got there too late one day. Yeah. So then now he's got to sit out for several yeah. days. And it could cost um, him a starting job. Right. Yeah. Too. Uh, yeah. Maddie, you'd mentioned something about that earlier. Like this, yeah. this, this is going to give Mac Jones a lot more reps with the uh, first team now. So, but I'm just, I'm getting worried. I thought, I thought COVID would be very much in the rear view mirror by now. I mean, at least in terms of it affecting day-to-day life, but this is, this could be bad and it could be bad for fans too. It's really, it really, to me, is just how they interpret it. If they, if they do do the whole contact tracing, you get certain instances where you could see like 20 plus people on a team being out. Yeah. Um, well, obviously, if you're going to be any kind of coach, you still trot out something there and play. Like Kansas State did it last year. Minnesota did it last year. Mm-hmm. They would still, they like, I think during one game, like when Kansas State last year lost to Arkansas State, they had about like almost 30 players out with COVID. Wow. Yeah, this is. Uh, no, I can't it, even think. You know, it's too depressing to even think about. Oh I just want to think I'm sorry, about. Sorry, I didn't mean to, uh, it, be, it, it probably won't be like it was last year because so many people are getting vaccinated, and the breakthrough cases yeah. aren't nearly as much as like the regular cases were last year. And then, if you do get a vaccine and you do get like a breakthrough case of COVID, you're probably. I just it depends if they're going to make anyone else if they're going to do the whole contact tracing thing for everyone, even if everyone's vaccinated, then you might see some issues just like it was last year. Otherwise, if just the one person has to sit out, I don't think it'll affect too much. Yeah. How many vaccines do you think Brady's got now? Oh, well, he probably he has probably vaxxed way before anybody else. Was. Brady has like probably 18 different vaccinations in him at one time. Yeah, he's like has his own lab creating them. I wouldn't be surprised if he was vaxxed before anybody else. Somehow, the elites of the world get like, "Hey, we got we got an early dose of the vaccination, so you might as well just do it." So when he was at Bohemian Grove, he talked to the other people there, and like, did you guys ever read this book called The Scorpion King? It's about like this guy, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. No, no, no. It's a book. It's not that. It's something else. It's uh, this guy basically, um, he makes clones of himself so that he can harvest their organs uh, for when he gets sick. And I, yeah. I think Tom Brady does something like that. Oh, I could see that. That was also addressed in Michael Bay's epic, The Island. And I, and I must also say true. that Tom Brady's son is the ball boy. Like, his son ain't going to play football. Wow. I mean, he's got to put on a lot You're taking shots at t- TB12's kid now? Yeah, I'm sorry, TB. Like, 
I love you. I would never take like a cheap shot, but your son, you're probably going to be like super cool in college, have all the drugs, like total ladies, man. But like, no way he's playing in the NFL. Like you all see right. the man, you see the Manning uh, nephew. You're like, yeah, that guy's a stud. Like he, he's going to be a top tier quarterback. Oh, he already is. I mean, he's yeah. like well, the thing one. with that though is, is he's, he's the son of the one that's not good at sports. So I maybe know, that's the trick. Your parents yeah. shouldn't be good. Well, no, Cooper was good, but then he had some weird spinal disease or something. Oh, that's right. Isn't that's that right? right? I think you're right. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Maddie, walk us through these uh, handicaps uh, you have for Saturday. What are, what are some or of your best bets? Three, we only have four games, but I put three key games. There's five games, so, isn't there? Oh, I'm sorry. My apologies. I, oh, I'm yeah. sorry. I'm I Am I missing one like the midnight, like crazy? <laughs> you're missing. I think you're, you're missing, missing the two League. games, my friend. Which one? Which one? I know I'm missing. Uh, which two am I missing? You're missing UTEP, uh, New Mexico State. And I know nothing about it. Lobos. Let me see. And what's the other game? Is? There's one more. Let me look it up real quick. Well, I'll start out with uh, your Nebraska or minus seven at Illinois. Um, I mean, Nebraska should win. This is the year Scott Frost really has to do something. The question is, the question for me for this first game is, can Nebraska like cover the seven? Because they, yeah, I think they're going to win. I think I definitely think they're going to win. To me, though, the the one thing that Nebraska teams under Scott Frost haven't had is a strong start to a season. Mm-hmm. They usually start super slow. Yeah, and I just wonder if like Illinois could kind of hang around, and Nebraska maybe wins by like six or like four points or something weird yeah like make it close i see it going back and forth i'm gonna definitely take nebraska minus seven just so everyone knows um mm-hmm. because i'm a homer yeah the total in this game is set at 55 and i think the unders a strong play in that too yeah you think the defense is gonna come out good the first week i think nebraska's defense is there i mean Everyone's predicting them to be actually take a step forward. They were pretty decent last year for the most part, and I think mm-hmm. they're going to get better against the run. That was the one point they weren't very good. Yeah, and I think Illinois is going to take a little bit of time. I mean, Bert, I'm going to call him Bert forever. Bert is going to he's a very simple offensive man. He's going to try and pound the rock, and I think that creates a low scoring game. Well, I am going to tail you, and I'm going to take Nebraska minus seven smaller bet. My big pick of the week. Well, I have two big picks. I like. Uh, I don't know why I'm taking this, but UConn plus 27 and a half. I mean, obviously no, they're a shitty program. Dude, I mean, 27 and a half points to Fresno. Fresno State's was, a powerhouse, though. UConn is one of the worst teams in the country. They are traveling all the way across the country, and Fresno State is like a top four team in the Mountain West. Okay, then my bad. I didn't know how good Fresno State was. Um, they have zero been, respect been, for the Mountain West. They've been climbing up. They were really bad. Like so they're in the bottom. They're ago. like 24, 25. They're like 20 to 25. I loved UCLA minus 17. It jumped to 18. Hawaii's got to come to LA, play in the backyard where I live. I can almost smell the Rose Bowl from where I live. Ooh. But you're on Hawaii. I am on Hawaii. I am on. I was on the Rainbow Warriors plus seventeen. I am on them even more now at plus eighteen. 
I think this is a week zero game. Hawaii usually gets up for those. UCLA is going to start out sluggish. I think the week zero game helps them, but yeah. you are potentially worried that they are looking ahead to week one when LSU comes to town, and you don't want to forget about Hawaii. You can't overlook the Rainbow Warriors. No, never. And I feel like UCLA, this is the year that like Chip Kelly gets it rolling. They started playing a lot better last year. They were they were very competitive last year. They played a lot of teams tough. They played USC to the wire. They had some upset wins. So I feel like this is where they finally have, you know, it's taken them time. You had to kind of gut the program and then get it back up. And I think this is the year, but it always scares me. There's something about the public always being wrong 65% of the time when I see, like, for instance, like Sunday night football. If I had like an over under in my head and I'm like, the over is definitely going to hit. And then I see the line jump a point. I know I'm fucked because the public is usually wrong. There's just something weird about the public when they jump on somebody and they change the line, they're usually fucking wrong. And I know that sounds like you're not being, I'm not being very analytical, but as Jim is a guy who probably looks at the lines all the time. You can attest to that. Definitely fade the public's just always usually a smooth move. So the two games that you didn't include on this list, UTEP is hosting New Mexico State. Never mind. UTEP is traveling to New Mexico State. And UTEP are, are minus nine. What does UTEP stand for? The Miners? Uh, it's Texas the University of Texas El Paso. <laughs> I was just seeing if you... I realize, like, I, I just knew UTEP as UTEP for years without knowing what it stood for. Uh, it just sounded like a, a real word. Yep. But anyway, uh, there's, there's a little community in El Paso. No, it's great. They're uh, good Mexican yeah. food. Delicious. Touch. Well, it's literally on the border with Juarez. So, yeah, yeah. you're definitely well, going to have some good Mexican food. Good cocaine. There. Great, 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 cocaine. great place for human trafficking, too. One of my favorites. I'm taking UTEP minus nine, okay. by the way, against New Mexico State. New Mexico State lost to a team that rose up from D2 this year. Ouch. When they played in the FCS, this this New Mexico State put has some good years every once in a while. So they I always get confused with New Mexico. New Mexico State. Well, maybe I'm confused this spring. They played in the FCS this spring and they lost to a team that came up from D two. Yes, I am confusing them with. They should merge. New Mexico State and New Mexico should just merge. They are straight up. I I don't know who the Lobos are and what's the other nickname. Uh, Aggies. Yeah, I don't know who the Aggies or the Lobos. If you're like Lobos are New Mexico, State? Aggies are New Mexico State. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah, even the Aggies know are the trash one. <laughs> They're bad. And They're of, really bad. And one of them has a great like college basketball stadium, which is called Death Valley. It's like way below sea level or some shit. It could be anywhere, uh, several places in New Mexico. So the other yeah. game. The other game is San Jose State, the team that went 7-0 and last year. Did they go undefeated? I don't remember if they went undefeated, but they, they won the Mountain West, basically. Fucking killed it. The Spartans of San Jose State are minus 21 points favorites against Southern Utah. Southern Utah. I, I, like, I like San Jose State. That's a game where they win like 42-3. to that is one of those. Games. I don't. I don't know shit about Southern Utah. But if you're telling me, you know, San Jose State 
They probably had to play Boise State last year, which is a decent team. There's some decent teams in the Mount West. Nevada's good. What conference is Southern uh, Utah in? Pretty sure they're an FCS school. So yeah. I think they're I think they're in like the Big Sky or maybe one of those Western. I don't even, I, yeah, I don't big, think they're big enough for that, are they? I heard they might move to the SEC. That's the worst. Oh yeah. Yeah. Let's see. I'm my, just looking. My, my yeah. definite my favorite play of the week besides the Nebraska under is the yeah. Fresno State UConn. It, the, the total is set at 62 and a half. Mm-hmm. That total is 62 and a half, and UConn isn't scoring like a single touchdown. So give me the under. All right. You are correct. Southern Utah is in the big sky conference. Boom, baby. Yeah. Yeah, UConn, is, UConn is really bad at football. Really bad. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I just thought like 27 points, they could somehow cover that. But they're so bad. They've been bad so, forever. It looks like for the it looks like for the Fresno State UConn game, seventy five percent of the people are betting the over, and I am definitely on the under with that. Sixty two and a half is too fucking high for one of your teams can't score touchdowns. Yeah, that is true. It's the beginning of the year. Someone, I mean, offenses are take a minute to get into. So, all right, hard knocks, Maddie. What's going much on in better. hard knocks Mu- world? Mu- much better last week. As we're doing this, the new episode is up. So I will, I've got it taped. I got this taped and I got the Bachelor in Paradise taped. So when this is over, I got a lot of shit to do. You do. I don't know which one I'm going to watch first. Probably the Bachelor in Paradise. And then I'll get really high and watch Hard Knocks. There you but, go. But uh, much better this week. We got a British football coach who cursed his with, in a British accent. It's fun because all the players kind of make fun of him. He's the D-line coach. Now we're getting to get into some personalities. And then we met a guy who's from the Ivory Coast. I don't remember his name, but he's a great story because he started playing football at like 14 or 15. His family moved to Arizona, and they got to see him play in Arizona last week. And he's a good uh, defensive lineman, and he had a big sack. Unfortunately, it was a penalty, so it was taken away. But we're getting into that story. So – we're starting to see like players that are more, you know, long shots to make it. And that's what I always liked about hard knocks. You know, I do like the the stars, but I also like the underdog mentality of the show. And this week was much better than the first week. Yeah. All right. Jim, any, any other thing, anything it's, else it, to put it on that? I did like, um, Michael Parsons seems to be like a guy I want to follow. He seems like a very likable guy. Yeah, he is. At least the Michael Parsons. All right. And Danucci is too, but he he had three picks this week. And he's, I'm rooting. I'm rooting for Big Gucci Danucci. But unfortunately, he's the fourth just guy. Sounds so you dirty. Might, you might oh, be seeing Danucci in the XFL. So there's that good. That's. I mean, I would love Ben Danucci in the XFL. Would be awesome. He's kind of got that XFL kind of like feel, right? You know who's another guy I would love quarterback-wise at the XFL is Blake Bortles. You know who looked good, too? Steve Bouchel. Or Shane Bouchel, my bad. I'm, his Steve Buscemi? Yeah, well, no, his, <laughs> his father, his, his Shane Bouchel, uh, he was at Texas, and then he lost his job to Ellinger, and then he transferred to SMU. His dad, I remember his dad was a pretty good third baseman on the white, the Cubs named Shane Bouchel. So I call him, I, 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 no, his, 
His name is Shane. His father's name was Steve. And he played pretty good on the Chiefs. He's not going to make uh, – he'll probably make the practice squad. But he would be great in the XFL. I think A lot so. of Bouchelles. You don't remember his dad? Nah. His dad was the most average baseball player ever. Like every I, year. I, like, I like that setup. You don't remember his dad? His dad, yeah. the most average baseball player of all time? His, his dad was good for 260, 10, 60 every year. The most forgettable guy ever? You don't that remember is, him? What yeah. the fuck? <laughs> I saw him hit a home run, though, at Shea Stadium. Well, Fun fact. You always have those memories. Uh, I always will. Speaking of nice guys, uh, Jake Paul going to be going to be taking on Tyron Woodley this week. I was wondering when this thing was going to happen, and then I saw an advertisement before we got on here. Uh, Tyron Woodley, actually a, a skilled striker. Is this the end of the Paul? I, I think as these fights continue, there will be less, less, less interest. I think everybody got egg on their face for the last one because it was so boring and such a waste of money and time and it's now like if you pay for this you're a sucker if you watch this if you spend your free time and watch this and don't pay for it you're a sucker i will not cover this not even on the sports hole oh you're covering it you're covering it pal i'm gonna find that crack stream i'm gonna send it to you and you're gonna watch crack streams for sure um yeah, these fights, you know what these fights feel like? They feel like movies, like action movies that are like just setting up for sequels. Like they're not true to the movie that they're in. They're more yeah. concerned with continuing the story in another sequel. So that's why these guys are never really fighting that hard. Unless I just don't know after the last one, it was so boring and seemed so fixed that where, you know, Mayweather didn't want to hurt him and Kind that of was the other brother, him. though. That was the other Paul brother. Oh. What the makes last, this Paul guy like a real warrior? The last warrior? fight that, that uh, Jake Paul fought was um, Ben Askren. Right, who was a great grappler. Yeah. Not so much a striker. But Tyron Woodley, I guess, I don't follow MMA that much anymore, but I guess he's much he's much better known as a striker. than. Well, I will uh, say this. I have absolutely nothing important going on this weekend, and I will not be watching. Uh, All right. Depending on what day it is, I might watch it on crack streams in the background. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it'll be. I'll be curious to see what these numbers do. I feel like they have not been out in the media so much like the last few fights they've done. I have not seen them. I think there's a strategy because people, the backlash will be so strong. So it's like, look, we can get an audience that will make a profit, but if we push it too hard, you're going to get such a backlash and we kind of don't want that. Well, they need action and knockouts and they need, they need reasons for people to talk about the fight afterwards. I think maybe the Mayweather thing, they were just kind of in on it together. I don't know about this one, but we'll see. All right, let's do it. side of the ring that's right this week we are talking about the slap heard around the world featuring david schultz Mm -hmm. aka dr d dr death 
<laughs> but he I, was he did they actually call him dr death maddie you might yeah. you probably remember him better than i i don't yeah. really remember this guy because he was he was a oh, little before my uh this this my like time. you know how like if you guys hate me for talking about like my childhood and getting all reminiscent and ooey gooey like this episode hit me super hard got your real ooey gooey yes yeah. i must have been when this came out the 2020 I, so I was nine. I grew up in New York. I was obsessed with the WWF. And my parents were hippies and they didn't, they didn't like their kid being obsessed with wrestling. So they were just like, it's fake. It's fake. No, it's not. It's fake. So one fucking night, they knew this was coming on because back in the day, there was a thing called the TV guy. I don't know if that's yeah. what those are the TV guides. Back in the day, because on your television... You didn't have like the, 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 it didn't tell you what was on. You had to buy a magazine weekly and it gave you the schedule of what was on. So my parents knew that on 2020, they were going to do this expose on wrestling to prove it was fake. So my fucking parents taped this fucking show. And then the next day I got home from school, they forced me to watch it the second I got home. <laughs> and it was literally like learning that there was no Santa. It was heartbreakingly devastating to me because I was smart enough to realize, yes, it was fake because I was so adamant that it was real. And then to see the slap, I was terrified of Dr. Death. I was only like nine. I mean, he was the scariest guy to me. And it didn't really deter me from watching wrestling, but it broke my heart because at the time, I'd, I'd rather learn it's fake like the natural way as opposed to like having to watch the show. <laughs> And it was a big deal. It was like, if this was Twitter back then, it would have been the number one thing on Twitter for about two weeks. What is the right way to learn that wrestling isn't real? Well, it's what like is... you get older and you learn that Santa's not real. So... Yeah, I think I learned because my dad was just making fun of my uncle who thought it was real. And my yeah. uncle, you know, was like in his 30s. Sure. And I'm like, wait a minute, it's, it's not real? He's like, no, look at them. They never get hit. And so, it kind of bummed me out. I don't know yeah. if that's when I kind of quits watching it the first time. But I mean, it is devastating when you find out because, you know, I was a Hulkamaniac. I ate my, I said my prayers. I ate my vitamins. You know, I, I, you know, you don't believe that you believe that all these guys are who they say they are. And as that's a nine-year-old, I was obsessed. It, I feel like every wrestling fan kind of goes through through the three stages where when you're a first wrestling fan, when you're a kid, it's, it's a hundred percent real. You're into mm -hmm. it. You're invested. These characters are your life. Then you find out either through just your own means or someone tells you, or you just figure it out that it's not real and you're devastated. You're just like, no, this is stupid. It's fake. I don't want to watch it. Right. I don't want to watch it anymore. I don't want to watch fake stuff. And then you come back around to appreciate it for what it is. Exactly. Um, it's incredible stunt work and, and great, drama and great drama. It's yeah. 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 And so like from like, I'll just give people who don't know about it. What basically happened is there was a, you know, wrestling, the WF was exploding at that time. I think WrestleMania number one just happened and they hit it big and it, it was a major success. And the WWF was becoming a national phenomenon and here along, like, 2020 was going to, like, the one thing about wrestling is you don't give the secrets. 
And it was like an expose where a wrestler was like a rat. That guy, whatever, nice guy, Eddie, which if you listen to Jim Cornette, yeah, yeah. that stupid son of a bitch with no fucking talent ratting out the boys, they should have beat the fuck out of him. He does the whole, you know, sure. he ate that fucking guy. Um, you know, Jim Vince McMahon was like, hey, this reporter's going to come here, Dr. D. Let him know if wrestling's fake or not. Give him a, give him a real shot. And there was no better guy to do it than Dr. D because he was a scary motherfucker. And uh, he just slapped the shit out of this reporter, John Stossel, who claimed he lost hearing and he was, I think he sued him. And what sucked for Dr. D was he had some big deals like he was going to fight Hogan. And when you get like that championship, like to be the bad guy to lose to the champion, that's a big money. And they had to let him go because the backlash was so fucking insane. And he yeah. got thrown under the bus. He got his life ruined because he was a he was a good boy for Vince McMahon. Well, the, yeah, the David Schultz whole story was really fascinating to me because this it was so much more than just this incident. Learning about this yeah. guy and this guy's life was just fascinating. So I'll catch up people on it so he was trained by this guy named herb welsh and uh of course Cornette knows about herb welsh and is gonna tell you a nice story about herb welsh his method of training was to take these guys into his barn on his farm and beat the piss out of them herb welsh was such a salty mean old bastard that he would go in the locker room and he would take a dump and he would take a handful of it and he would rub it in his armpit and then when he got out there, the first thing he'd do is he'd lock up with the guy and grab a headlock and start grinding that head as hard as he could and until the guy was screaming, please let me go. I'll do anything you want. Please let me go. Yeah, so some uh, very interesting training methods. By the way, side note, Jim Cornette, usually much more, usually many more sound boy bites, but this one, there's two, there's like two Cornettes. There's one where he's just, cracking wise about everybody and there's the yeah. one where he looks like he's going to cry every second because somebody's talking bad about wrestling well the and thing about Cornette too is like he didn't, he he enjoys these stories a little too much well i i love the stories but i i just i hate it when he gets so sanctimonious about wrestling and just oh gets so God. serious where he looks like he's going to cry and fight you at the same time Okay, so he, uh, this David Schultz guy trained by Herb Welsh, joins WWF. There was this great promo they do with him at his house where they had like this family and he's like yelling at his wife to scrub the floors. He's acting yeah. like he's going to hit his kid. He's firing a gun in the living room. And it was so good that the next day cops show up to Vince McMahon's office demanding where this guy's address is because they're going to mm. arrest him for spousal and child abuse when yep. it was all just totally fucking set up. And the W it, it was not his wife or kids. It was all hired actors. Um, so then later on, it gets into Eddie Mansfield. Eddie Mansfield is the wrestler that ended up spilling all the beans to John Stossel from 2020 and Eddie Mansfield was a guy, so he claims that
that he wasn't really trying. He was just trying to get back at the wrestling promoters because wrestlers didn't get paid shit at this time. They didn't have health insurance. They didn't have anything. They were just nah. treated like circus animals. So his excuse for going to 2020 and spilling the beans and showing all the uh, kayfabe secrets uh, was that he was just trying to get back at the promoters. And here is one thing that Eddie said that was just very weird to me. I made a statement one time. I said, Abraham Lincoln freed the slaves, but Abraham Lincoln forgot to free the pro wrestlers. I don't know. We got to tear down Lincoln statues now. Yeah, I think uh, uh, free the wrestlers, apparently. Look, being a wrestler is a tough game and it's definitely a tough business, but come on. That's one of the dumbest analogies ever. Yeah. You you should be ashamed of yourself, Eddie. So, uh, so yeah, the... Eddie spills the beans to John Stossel. John Stossel interviews uh, David Schultz. Dr. D gets slapped. Claims he had ringing in his ears that basically lasted until he got paid a settlement for $280,000. Then he was okay. And then Dr. D, they sent him over to Japan, you know, thinking all this was going to calm down. And, and then the news had caught up to him in Japan. So they, uh, they set up a thing with a reporter there. So he's slapping a reporter over in Japan too, which was awesome is it looks so stupid. And then, um, but then the Stossel uh, lawsuit never went away. Yeah. But I, they did bring him back again, but with much less heat. Mm-hmm. Then he was at WrestleMania one, uh, which he was supposed to, I think, take on Hulk Hogan originally but then they brought in mr t to fight with yeah. hogan and well that was not to fight with hogan but tag team with hogan yeah and it was then his he, career was ruined yeah the career well the rumor was that then he went out there and bitch slapped mr t and that was the final nail in the car well, the other thing too about it you know and it's always it's always vince mcmahon and hogan are usually the bad guys you know, Hogan was his buddy and Hogan was supposed to have his back and Hogan was the biggest guy. And, you know, one of the reasons why a lot of guys have so much problems with Hogan was at that time, Hogan really could have stood up for the other wrestlers and he never did. And Hogan essentially did the same thing with fucking, uh, what's his face? Uh, that comedian where he put him in a headlock and made him pass out. Yeah, Richard and, Belzer. Yeah, yeah, Richard Belzer. And that was swept under the rug because it's kind of like, well, Hogan brings in millions and millions of dollars, and Dr. D is a solid wrestler that's replaceable. Right. It's the same reason Deshaun Watson still at practice. Guess what? He puts yeah. butts in seats. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, because so then later on, Hogan did the same thing and put Richard Belzer out on TV. Um but the coolest and they, part they was they covered that up big time. Yeah. Then uh then Dr. D just basically is blackballed from wrestling. He becomes a bounty hunter. Love and it. he's doing a show that looks like it looks like an early version of Dog the Bounty Hunter. It was quite fascinating. And he even went on to rescue a couple of girls that had been kidnapped in Puerto Rico. Um, and then eventually Vince McMahon had to tell the world that wrestling was scripted anyway, so we could get out of paying athletic commission fees. Hysterical. Um, There was one scene in there. I don't know if you caught this where, where the first uh, athletic commission to release the WWF from, 
from their jurisdiction was was New Jersey. And at the press conference, the undertaker comes out and, and hands the legislature to the congresswoman on a tombstone. And he's just standing there in full undertaker makeup and everything. And that's it was, called intimidation. It was just really fucking funny. I don't know. Yeah, the wrestling business is very it's comical, and that's why Dark Side of the Rings are so good. And this story, like to relive it was pretty wild and i also you know as a child yeah i thought dr d was a terrible human being i was happy he was suspended because i was i was afraid of him but now looking back at it he was he wanted to be a good guy for the boys and for vince and because of that he paid the price he was he was loyal to a t too far to a t and then because of that he lost his career and they had to throw somebody under the bus and they fucking threw him under the bus. And you know Vince told him to slap him. You know it. You think so? Absolutely. <laughs> no, you gotta, I will go You gotta to just slap him in the face. Well, he was probably like, listen, this guy's coming in to, to fuck with the business and take money out of your pocket with this bullshit. You know, show him, show him the wrestling's real. Show him, show him that this is not a, a joke. You know, do your thing. And Dr. D did his thing. It would have been funny if uh, John Stossel's mustache fell off during that. I but mean, it, it was, uh, it was <laughs> again, if, if Twitter, if Twitter was around back then, it would have been the biggest story on Twitter. I mean, oh, it would have been amazing. It would have been was, amazing. It was major news. It was major news in America and the 2020. I mean, again, I didn't have cable then. So we only had like 11 channels. And, you know, ABC 2020 is a big fucking deal. Yeah. You don't have oh, 400 yeah, yeah. choices. So that was a major show that everybody watched. All of America. Yeah. And uh, God, no, I it was still big. curse my parents for that. Like, I'm Jim, are, you, are you out there? Did we lose you? I'm think- still here. Uh, the Internet in this hotel has gone to shit. Okay. So, I can, so is, we can hear you. Uh, do you have any, any more thoughts on, on this? episode yeah it's it's actually this is kind of the most like this is one of the ones where it's not just some crazy wrestler living this crazy crazy life like yeah his life is pretty nuts but it's, this is kind of like a very sort of like sad relatable story of like you can kind of see the friends growing apart you're you're just like you're kind of just left on alone like you could have been you there's a world where you could see dr d on the same path as hogan kind of like yeah. sharing in that limelight and it's kind of sad. I mean, like he seems to be living a decent life now, but like there, there's some like sadness to it. Definitely. Certainly. Yeah. I mean, I think he's like picking cotton for three months out of the year. Well, like, it's also, <laughs> there's a deep betrayal of the whole Kogan. Like he feels mm-hmm. deeply betrayed by him. And that's one of the, the stories. And it was a thing where Hogan had the power to get him back, to make him some money, to be like, Hey, we came up together. We, we I trust you in the ring to do great matches, and Hogan just like abandoned him. So you think uh, Hogan was bullshitting about him slapping Mister T? I don't know if that's true or not. I know a lot of wrestlers that trouble Mister T because, like, I know Piper had trouble with him because this is like WrestleMania One is going to be the biggest wrestling event in the world. Yeah, and to Piper. 
he's like, there's 40 guys in the locker room that have worked their asses off, that have driven 10 hours and fucking El Paso to Houston to Dallas. And then Mr. T is like some Hollywood guy that never paid his dues, that doesn't know how to wrestle and is going to be in a main event. And a lot of guys were very resentful towards Mr. T. Sure. And there's that. But I I don't know. I just think Hogan was one of those guys that could throw people under the bus because he had the power to. Yeah. Yep. Didn't, didn't do anything. All right, guys, we're kind of getting towards the end. Any uh, Anything we didn't cover you want to talk about quickly? No, just enjoy football. Good luck to the Cornhuskers this Saturday. And it's, it'll be like, you know, this is it, man. This is, we now go to Saturday football, Sunday football, Monday oh, football, yeah. Thursday football, Tuesday matching football. <laughs> like, holy fuck. All shout football out. all the time. Fuck yes. And shout out to my Saskatchewan Rough Riders. 2-0, baby. All right. Way to go, who's Rough Riders. Their, who's their starter quarterback? Do not know off the top of my head. <laughs> I'm terrible with names. I'm te- There's so many new names in the CFL that I'm still trying to get acquainted with that I'm like, I get them jumbled up a lot. Did CFL have a season last year? It did not. Oh, okay. So you're, you're a couple of years behind there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to say tough. rest in peace to Jimmy Hayes. He was an NHLer who died at 31 this week. They said he mysteriously died. I don't know what the story was there, but he played on the Bruins and the Devils, and he was a fun guy. And just very tragic to see somebody die so young. Absolutely. All right, Maddie, where can they find you? Uh, at Maddie Goldberg one on Twitter, Maddie Goldberg on Instagram. But more than that, I don't give a fuck about that. I care about the sports hole. So the sports hole is on Twitter, Instagram, and of course iTunes. Like, subscribe. At sports hole pod. Sports hole pod. Yeah, my P-O-D and I'm also thinking about doing this. I'm thinking about doing a sports hole confidence pool, like maybe a ten or twenty dollar weekly sports hole confidence NFL pool. I have not decided to do it completely yet. Well, reach out I to Maddie if you're interested. Yes. So he will know. Exactly. Jim, where can they find you? Everyone can find me on Twitter at XFL Jim, on Instagram at XFL Jim, and of course on YouTube. Just look up XFL Jim. Look up hashtag Grod Certified. That is coming back. College football is here. That means hashtag Grod Certified is back. Be on the lookout this week for a video drop. Awesome. And I'm Luke. Catch me at L Rose Hubbard, E L Rose Hubbard on Twitter. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. We'll be reviewing football games next week, college football, all that good stuff. All right. Have a good one, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.